It was Saturday night of last week when I first heard of something quite intriguing politically, and that was a letter drafted by some former uh, liberals in the Ontario caucus, uh, some that had tried unsuccessfully as well um, to become MPPs or even the leader um, two years ago, attempting to recruit, is the best way I can describe it, our next guest, who's the Ontario Green Party leader, to try to become the Ontario Liberal leader. He is Mike Schreiner, and he joins us right now in Toronto today. Um, you're uh, you're uh, getting talked about a lot. It's uh, I think you know that, yeah? Yeah, no, uh, certainly, Greg, <laughs> and it's a pleasure to be on this morning, and I hope everyone is staying warm out there. Oh, my God, it's cold, eh? It's cold. It's cold. Yeah, nothing like this in uh, in Kansas. Um, you might do. You feel a little bit. We, we, I know we've talked college sports before. You feel a little bit like a uh, a Nick Saban or a, or a Bill Self. There's a. You're not going to get a shoe contract out of this, no matter what you decide. You realize that. Yeah, no, no shoe contracts no. are coming my way. But we certainly have an interesting uh, and I think important conversation happening in Ontario politics right now. I think you know what you're going to do, but you can't say right now. Am I close? No, Greg, I um, I am seriously uh, taking the time to consult with people. I mean, I think what a lot of people I've been talking to are telling me is that Ontario needs bold action to stop some of the things the Ford government is doing uh, to dismantle things they love about the province, our public health care system. I know you and I debated that last week. Sure, yeah. Uh, the green belt, the protection for farmland. Uh, people are telling me that, you know, they don't have to tell me this, but I know this, that we need urgent action on the climate crisis. And my ambition has always been to advance those issues. And, and I, I'm doing that as the Ontario Green Party leader. You know, the letter I received on Sunday morning uh, really challenged me to think about, you know, could we do politics differently? Uh, are there some ways in which uh, I could work together with others on moving forward, you know, some shared values around building a caring, connected, climate-ready province. And so my response has been, you know, give me some time to think about this. Uh, give me some time to especially consult with my constituents in Guelph, uh, my friends and colleagues in the Green Movement. I got to talk to my family about this and, and really just hear from people across the province of, you know, what's the best path forward uh, to advance the issues that I know so many people care about and I care about. Right away, I feel there's like there's not an alignment. I think there, you'd have to make an adjustment. I think right away of we have a, we have a liberal prime minister in Justin Trudeau who called, and I know you, the feds, the federal liberals and the provincial liberals don't always have to agree on everything. That's the great thing about opinions, and that's the great thing about politics. But he did call he called Doug Ford's health care plan innovative. That's not how you feel about it. So so right away you're at a you're at a bit of a disconnect if you're the Ontario Liberal leader with the federal Liberal leader. Well, I'm certainly going to do everything I can to defend public health care. And um, that's a value I have. That's a value I have as the Ontario Green Party leader. And that's a value I'm going to have uh, moving forward in politics, period. So are the Liberals' environmental policies as they stand right now in the province currently not in alignment with the Greens and, and by virtue of that yours? Well, I think this letter uh, invited uh, me to consider and open a conversation about how we might work together to ensure bold climate action. I mean, the letter itself, you know, acknowledged that the window to address the climate crisis is closing. And, and I think it's pretty clear to you know anybody with a business background like I have that we have to position Ontario's economy to be successful in the fast growing climate economy. That's what's going to generate the jobs and prosperity we need to invest in public health care and education, better social services. 
And so, you know, the letter, you know, invited me to, I think, open a conversation uh, with with people across the province about how we move forward on those issues. And that's why I'm consulting with folks and looking forward to hearing back from them. I appreciate that. But I asked you about their current environmental policies, which you'd have to admit are in stark contrast to yours. They don't align right now, from what I see. From looking at Stephen Del Duca and what he wanted to do with green energy, what did he want to do with the environment last May, you called him out on a lot of that during the debate, as a matter of fact. So there's got to be a way to either, either you have to shift or the party has to shift. There's not a, this does not look like an easy marriage here just for the environment alone. That's exactly why I'm consulting with people, and including liberals, because I am going to advance bold climate action. And I'm going to figure out the best way I can advance that. And that's something that, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to compromise on. And so, you know, let's see if there's an opportunity for us to have uh, shared, a shared commitment around that. And, uh, and that's why I'm consulting with, with people. That's why I'm consulting with friends and colleagues in the Green Movement. And it's why I'll um, take some time to listen to some liberals as well. Mike Schreiner is our guest on Toronto Today. What are the downsides of, of leaving the Greens? Like, we're, we're having a conversation. What makes you think, I can't leave, I have to stay? What's tearing at you not to, to say yes to this? You know what most people are telling me is, you know, Mike, you've taken strong stands on a number of important issues, especially when it comes to making the province climate ready and to pushing back against the Ford government's attack on environmental protections uh, and the green belt. You've taken strong positions on ending legislated poverty, addressing the uh, housing affordability crisis, expanding mental health services, defending public health care, and you need to decide how you can best go forward advancing those issues, making a difference in people's lives. And that's what I'm thinking about right now, and that's what I'm consulting with people on. You probably get as well um, that politics in- involves emotion. You can probably understand some people exploring candidacies for this, whether it's Mitzi Hunter, who's run before. Um, we had Nate Erskine-Smith on the show on Monday. You get they probably have some raw emotion about this and, and may feel a little insulted. If for- if someone said, I know who could run the Green Party better than Mike Schreiner, you'd feel that way. Like, that's natural. That's a natural reaction, isn't it? Yeah, you know, uh, Greg, I've a lot of respect for anybody who puts their name forward to run for politics, whether it's, you know, to run for, you know, Mr. Council, mayor, MPP, MP, leadership of a party. It's not easy. And so, and there are a lot of emotions involved. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very public job application. Like how many people go through applying for a job in such a public way? Uh, And I just really respect anybody, anybody who's going to put their name forward. How long, you, you say you want to talk to Ontarians. Nobody likes a long wait. You don't want the sleepless yeah. nights. Your family doesn't. Do you have a time frame in which you could make this call? I, I got to think you, you're you not stretching this into March. I, I, I'd be shocked if you were. I'm trying to read the tea leaves here. Do you have an idea how long you'd like to take? You know, I haven't set a timeline uh, at this point. Uh, I mean, this has all happened so fast. Sure. I, mean, I received a letter on Sunday morning and and, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of media interviews um, yesterday and today already. And uh, I just want to make sure I give myself enough time to have a real consultation and to talk to enough people and to give people enough time to, to give me feedback 
Uh, and so I haven't set a timeline yet, um, but, you know, uh, we'll see how long it takes for me to make sure I, I consult mm. in, in a meaningful way. The state of the party where it's out right now, um, you, the, the party swung up about a, a percentage and a half. I know it was a strange election, very strange coming out of the pandemic. Both the liberal leader and the NDP leader quit that night. Um how did you feel going to bed that night? You were still the only green, one seat before, one seat after. I know you had hopes and, and expectations. Maybe you could get it to three to four. There were some close results. How did you feel leading a party knowing you were the only MPP going back? You know what? I uh, felt proud of the fact that I was reelected in Guelph. Uh, you know, there were a number of people who said that, you know, Ontario would never elect a green MPP. Mm-hmm. And then once I was elected, there were a lot of people saying, Ontario will never reelect a Green MPP, <laughs> and and so proven people wrong twice on that score, um, and and so I felt honored and excited about that. But you know what? I'll have to be honest. Like, who wouldn't be disappointed yeah. that we didn't have you know a second or third seat? And you know, I just look at my good friend Matt Richter up in Perry Sound, Muskoka, who's worked so hard and run in a number of elections now, and came so close, so close. And I was also really proud um, and, and am really proud of our green team. I mean, we were the only party who actually saw our, our raw vote total increase in this election. I mean, even though, uh, you know, percentages shifted for other parties when it came to just their vote total, we were the only one that saw our total number of votes go up. Uh, and so, you know, I think that just shows the, the momentum we have and the fact that people were impressed with, one, the campaign we ran but also the work we've done in the legislature. Uh, Elizabeth Mace, your good friend, she sounds like she thinks you should stay. Her quote, that's not Mike's party, that's not my party. How do you respond to her comment? This is exactly why I'm consulting. And Elizabeth May is a, is, a, is a friend. There is no doubt about that. And we have a very strong relationship. And I deeply value, value her opinion and will value the opinions of a number of people uh, as I go through this consultation phase. She changed her mind, too. You, you can come back with her on that. She, I'm not going to run the green. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that band that says, I'll never tour again. This is the final tour. Next thing you know, tickets are 100 bucks, and she's playing uh, 52 arenas. So these things happen. You know, if I get really quick on Elizabeth, she, <laughs> uh, I've never met somebody who just works so hard and is so passionate about making sure that our country meets its climate obligations. And, and um mm-hmm. You know, whatever anyone can say about Elizabeth, her her commitment and her hard work is just undeniable. I know those conversations with her, with others, uh, will continue. Mike, thanks for taking the time. I know it's been quite the media cycle the last 48 hours. You make time for our show, and I always appreciate it. Thanks again, and, and good luck with your call here. Hey, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Always happy to be on. There's Mike Schreiner, uh, leader of uh, the Green Party. Left it open-ended. We left it open-ended. I'm still thinking that he won't do it. I'm thinking he'll decide that before the end of the month. I can't see this process stretching into March. We'll see.